Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Some more big injury concerns for the Tampa Bay Bucks this time on their offensive line, which has been the most healthy unit throughout really the last couple seasons. Of course, we know that Tristan Wirfs went out of the game on Sunday. He tried to come back, was unable to do so, gave up a sack uh, in his uh, one snap there. He is in a boot, uh, which is never a good thing, right, when you have a, a bad ankle, but he is in a boot, and Senator Ryan Jensen managed to gut through that game and played Uh, despite spraining his ankle fairly severely. But additionally, and this is where it becomes even worse, if you will, um, Josh Wells, who replaced Tristan Wirfs, he has a quad injury that left him hobbling around for the better part of the second part of that game. And he's going to be very questionable this week. So, I mean, you're basically looking at, you know, two of your three top tackles and your center – Let's assume that Ryan Jensen, since he finished the game, will be able to start next week. Uh, but if, if something were to happen to both Wirfs you know, and his backup, Josh Wells, now you're going to have to really affect several positions because you're probably going to have to move Alex Kappa to right tackle and then play Aaron Stinney, your backup guard, at right guard. So um, a, a situation that the, you know, the Bucks. We're hoping they wouldn't have to deal with on the offensive line. It's been the strength of their team. Uh, but now as they begin to uh, contemplate you know, who they're going to play in the NFC Divisional Playoff, and as we do this podcast, it certainly looks like that will be the L.A. Rams, who are up uh, rather convincingly against the Cardinals. Um, that's a daunting proposition, of course, the Rams, with a great defense and a team that beat them earlier this year. So we're going to discuss uh, the Bucs and their injury situation, uh, as well as several other items on tap for you. I wanted to say before we get started here that um, the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg that's presented by RP Funding is happening on February 25th to the 27th. The temporary circuit is a 1.8 mile 14 turn configuration using the streets that are circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Daly Museum, and extending all the way onto the runways at Albert Witted Airport. It's a great event. Looking forward to it every year. It's moved up to a little bit earlier this year. Go visit gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. So, you know, when you think about the postseason and you think about how the Bucks have had these injuries, we don't know about Leonard Fournette. Um, obviously, they've lost two of their three top receivers with, you know, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, of course, being suspended. Godwin out for the year with a torn ACL. Um, you figure, well... You know, Tom Brady has found a way, right? They they found a way to overcome these things. They're getting healthier on defense. Maybe they can get, you know, Leonard Fournette back. Maybe they can figure this out. And then, boom, uh, the offensive line, and particularly the tackles, start going down. Now, I will say this, uh, Steve, about Tom Brady. He's very resourceful. And the one thing he did on Sunday was he got rid of the ball on average at 2.1 seconds. Even though he was sacked four times, they turned a few guys loose inside at the guard position. I don't know 
how anyone can effectively rush a quarterback when the ball's coming out that fast. So, you know, Brady has said that he, you know, anticipates where the ball's going before it's even snapped. And then if they do rotate out of something, he has all the answers. Um, you know, he can't block for himself, but he's the offensive line's best friend. And there's a reason why three of these guys went to the Pro Bowl. I think they're good players, but I don't think they're so much better than they were a year ago when none of them went to the Pro Bowl. Um, I think Brady has helped with that process, and he's going to have to help himself again. But this is not this is not the area of, of, of the team, if you had to pick one, that you want to be injured going into your divisional playoff game, maybe against the Rams. Well, I, I think the offensive line is why the Bucks have been so successful the last two seasons, outside of Tom Brady, of course. But sure. that consistency in front of Tom, the, the I mean, what, last year the, it was the ninth or tenth game before they lost a starter for a game. This year the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that unit has been shockingly healthy for the two years, the last two years here with Tom Brady, considering what you're seeing on the defensive line, the defensive backfield, the wide receivers have been hurt here. I mean, you, you know, the running backs now, you start looking at position groups and how it's really – this year particularly hurt the Bucks as far as injury-wise. But that offensive line has been healthy. I, I think, you know, the three Pro Bowl nods this year, It's I don't think it's so much that they were that much better this year than last. I think it's a reward for last year in making the Super Bowl. I think, yeah, I think some of those so. offensive linemen, and granted, Tr- Tristan Wirfs in the second year, but have been overlooked for years because they've been on a bad Bucks team. And we know that a lot of times Pro Bowl nods come a year too late. Shaq Barrett, in the year mm-hmm. he's had, what, 19-whatever sacks, didn't get a Pro Bowl nod. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets mm-hmm. it after that. And it's, you know, that's, it's kind of the reward of being a good team is people start paying attention and watching you more and realizing how good some of your talent is. Yeah. Um, and, and that side of the offensive line has been incredible for two years now and a big reason why mm-hmm. Tom Brady has the time and the ability to do what he does. Yeah. The one thing about the right tackle, and, of course, you know, when Worse went back in, he did give a, of another sack to Ryan Kerrigan, Kerrigan, who had a couple, is that Brady, you know, being right-handed, he can see if somebody wins off the right tackle spot and he'll throw the ball away. It doesn't help your offense, but at least it avoids, he can avoid, he can protect himself. Um, when it comes from the opposite side, the blind side, Donovan Smith's side, it's a little harder to do. Donovan Smith is, knock on wood, still, you know, a big protector of a right-handed quarterback, and that's you know that, that that's been a, a key for Brady. He's mm-hmm. he's still okay. Marpet's okay. Um, I think Jensen's going to make it. So it's really down to Wells and Tristan Wirfs. And, and again, you just hope that they don't have to make too many adjustments. Um, I think there's a chance that they get Leonard Fournette back. Uh, you know they they were close last week, but when he really went out there and tried to run full speed, which is what you have to do, he felt it. And not that it was a setback, but he felt the hamstring. And until he can run without any kind of pain at full tilt. They're not going to clear him. That means more Giovanni Bernard. Um, that means, you know, more Keyshawn Vaughn. And to be honest with you, those guys look pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. Like, if your offensive line is good and you can create holes, you're still talking about the best running backs in the world, right? I mean, these guys don't just they just don't hand out jobs in the NFL unless you're a good player. And Arians has been saying all along he thinks that Keyshawn Vaughn can be a starting running back in this league, and he's taken advantage of his opportunities. He's done a nice job. So um, ideally, you'd love to have Fournette back. Ronald Jones probably won't be. Uh, you still have Le'Veon Bell, who was kind of there on the sidelines in case one of those guys got hurt. Um, but, you know, you may well have to go into the game and, you know, and, and play with uh, 
you know, play with Keyshawn and, and you know, Giovanni and, and, you know, attack attack the Rams that way. But um, it's it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's unfortunate because I think this Bucks team, forgetting even Chris Godwin and forgetting, you know, Antonio Brown walking up. I mean, the fact of the matter is since Antonio Brown walked off the field, Tom Brady has had spectacular numbers. I mean, he's like seven touchdowns, no interceptions, a ton of yards. Uh, they've won both games, obviously. Um, you know, so it, it hasn't really slowed him down. And I still think he'll lean on Tyler Johnson. He'll lean on Brashard Perriman. He's got guys he knows can make plays along with Gronkowski and Brait and OJ and all those guys. Um, but it's just, you know, you got to protect him. I mean, that's the one thing that you knew about Brady was he's not going to extend plays. He's he's going to stay in the pocket and everybody knows where he is. And that offensive line has been the key to their success up to this point. And, um, no, I just I think they'll get I I just I'm betting on the toughness of a guy like Tristan Wirfs. I don't know how his ankle feels. For all I know, you know, you'd probably wish it were broken, you know, at this point. But um I know Jensen made it back. I know if you give these guys six or seven days to try to heal up with all the training that they get around the clock, um I feel confident. I feel confident he'll be out there. Well, you know, hopefully he's as effective you know, for the Bucks as they need him to be, but um you know, you just don't have much behind him. And if Wells is hurt, you're really in trouble because now you're moving two positions on that offensive line. You just don't want to do it. So um, this matchup, uh, you know, let's assume, and, and I have no reason not to, that, you know, as the Rams get ready to go up here, even by more than three touchdowns, I'm not surprised. You know, there were a lot of games that were telling, I think, in the postseason. And you said this, Steve, like, probably should do away with the seven seeds. Woof. You know, but the state of like, Pennsylvania did not represent well in the playoffs. It's the number seven no, seeds. No, and and I mean I know. Look, it's all. Believe it or not, it's all about dollars, right? They were able to sell this what? extra playoff game. Yeah, what? you're, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Shocking, shocking. Yeah, I mean I think if they could have you know 16 teams in the playoffs, they would do that too. Once the networks uh, offer enough so, money, there will be. They will be. That's exactly right. And there will be an 18th game, and you know all of that, right? Because money talks. But yeah, those those two seven seeds, boy, woo, those were bad games. And I kept thinking, like, they're doing Brady a favor that he's playing at one o'clock on a Sunday. That's kind of his natural rhythm. That's kind of what he does, um, you know. But then the more you thought about, it, I was like, no, he's playing at one o'clock on a Sunday because they know this game is going to be a blowout. <laughs> and never underestimate what the NFL knows because they they were right. It was thirty-one to nothing at one point. Um, you know, the thing the thing that I feel bad if you're it, you know, if you're the if you're ESPN and you purchase the Monday night playoff game, and you got the Rams and the Cardinals, it's like those TV sets are shutting down pretty quick. Matthew Stafford is going to win his first playoff game ever, uh, and you know it, it just goes to show you too. Like, you, okay, think about quarterbacks, right? You think about okay, who makes Super Bowls? You, know, you got every year. Teams come out and they draft these guys and they get all excited. And it's, this guy, I remember when Kyler Murray, they were six and zero, and he was going to be the MVP of the league. And I love Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to be is a terrific talent. I think he's going to continue to be a, a good quarterback. All that stuff, right? But he hasn't been on this stage, okay? And you know the same. Well, Jalen Hurts has done some nice things, or you know, I mean, when you get this far, even Big Ben, who's been to as many Super Bowls as anybody of, of late, but Big Ben is done. But if you get this far, you better have a quarterback that plays at a high level every time out there, and he's got to be an absolute stud in the league. 
And so who we got left? You know, you just start to look around now and you go, okay, um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Matthew Stafford with the Rams. You know, suddenly you start to see the cream rising, right? And that's who yeah, wins the, Super Bowl. The AFC, look at Patrick Mahomes. You've got, yeah, uh, you know. Um, you Josh have, Allen. Josh Allen, Joey Burrow, or Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. You know, I mean, yeah. you've got you've studs. Got studs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolute great quarterbacks. You have, I mean, for years and years, there was about 12 years there where 10 out of the 12 Super Bowls were won by a guy named Manning, Eli and Peyton, Roethlisberger, right? Um, and, you know, you had your occasional, you know, Joe Flacco or well, what your was the, the AFC Johnson. was something like 14 out of 16 years, it was either Brady, Roethlisberger, yeah. or Manning in the right. Super Bowl. But for the between AFC, Eli, I mean, Eli yeah. and Peyton. And well, that's just Super Bowl. And I mean, Brady. The, the AFC was just yeah. crazy how it was three teams basically yeah. ran yeah. away with a generation. Right. A whole generation, right. And and it's because of those names. And you know, you're gonna see that again. You're you know, I I mean, I think it's safe to say, you know, it's it's unfortunate it's not a championship game. I mean Buffalo has to go into Kansas City. I think that's that's whoever wins that, I think, is gonna end up winning the AFC, in my opinion. We'll see with Tennessee. I mean, I don't want to dismiss Tennessee. They are the number one seed, and they have, you know, Derrick Henry back and all of that. Um, I still think Kansas City and or Buffalo may handle them. But on the road, maybe they won't. And, you know, Buffalo has to go on the road to Kansas City. They have to then turn around and go down the road to Tennessee. Um, but to me, you know, I mean, Tannehill's the outlier. He's a better quarterback than most people give him credit for. He's not a marquee name. They're just a great football team. They've got everything. They've got defense. They've got offense. They're physical. Mike Vrabel has done a great job. But, yeah, we're starting to see how it's going to be Mahomes. It's going to be Brady. It's going to be Josh Allen. It's going to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And that, that's what you need, Matt, you know, even maybe a Matthew Stafford. You know, you need that pedigree at quarterback um, that can get your team all the way there. And I think maybe Kyler Murray could be in that conversation one day. He's simply not now. His football team isn't good enough. And some of the mistakes that he has made, frankly, I'm, I'm shocked at. And it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, I, I thought that the Bucks' best matchup would clearly be Arizona because I just don't think they're as good a team. Now, they, they went into L.A. and beat these guys at SoFi earlier this year, beat them handily. Um, but they had DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have him. You know, that was sort of the safety valve for a guy like Kyler Murray. And, and in these games, you can't get behind. You can't fall down to two touchdowns. Now it's four touchdowns. You can't do that against a good team because the good teams, they're not going to give the ball back to you. You have one or two turnovers like, like Murray had in just a – catastrophic I'm in the end zone I'm going to get sacked for safety oh no let me flip it out here in the air oh pick six you can't come back from it you just can't the teams are too good um this one thing that the Bucks have going for them is their experience and John Romano wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com is just how smart this football team is you know they understand what crunch time is they understand they can't have penalties they understand they can't turn the ball over um, they know they need to get turnovers. They they played such a clean game that that's how you dominate an opponent an opponent in the postseason. You really lock in, you know, and they've been able to do that. and And it's because they their their players, uh, as John wrote, have a very high football IQ. They know what time of year it is. Um, you know, they know what officials are going to be looking for or not looking for, what they can get away with, and you know, they've stayed disciplined. So. Um, you know, it's only one game in, and, and who knows if they survive the next one. But um, 
I'll tell you this: this is the third time. Now the Rams, they came here um, a year ago, and they beat them uh, with uh, Jared Goff. That was in that back-to-back with Kansas City, and then of course earlier this year it was Matthew Stafford. So the Rams have had the Bucks number, uh, particularly since um, you know since since I think Tom Brady's been here. Um, so he owes them, and Brady's good at <laughs> paying teams back. So a little bit of revenge tour for him, but. You know, you got good storylines with Raheem Morris, the former Bucks coach, is now the defensive coordinator. Of course, we all know the connections with Sean McVay and his uncle Jim McVay, who runs the Outback Bowl. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of that um, between the two teams. And the last time, by the way, that the Bucks hosted an NFC Championship game, it was 1979 against the L.A. Rams. And the Rams left L.A. for quite a while. Um, so... Now they're back and, uh, and, and you know, going to have another matchup. So I, I think, you know, it's a long week. Um, there's a lot of, you know, injury news that is still yet to come. They should be encouraged by the way they played. Um, it goes to show you how good Tom Brady is in these playoff situations. I was listening to him on his podcast. And he was just talking about how, you know, he loves this challenge and, you know, the challenge of the perfect pass. He thought he made a perfect pass to Mike Evans for that one touchdown. He said he felt like a 14-year-old kid again. You know, there's just certain there, – there, there's a certain joy that he gets and the, the certain, you know, sort of, I don't know, the focus that he has. It's even more hyper than it is during the regular season. And I think because of that, you know, Brady is – you're going to have to beat him. You're going to have to go in there and actually beat him. And, you know, he's not going to give you much. And it doesn't matter the cast. And it doesn't – as Bruce Arians said, once he figures you out, you're in trouble. And I just wonder, having played the Rams once, right, if Brady has them figured out. If Brady, you know, he'll be watching this. Well, he probably won't watch the game. He says he's going to go to bed at 9 o'clock. But he'll he'll watch the game in the morning. Um, and he knows all these players. He's been on the grass with them in SoFi. And you just wonder, is he going to get the, the cheat codes? Is he going to figure out how to how to attack these guys? and how to score points. Because at the end of the day, the Rams are going to probably have to score 30 points to beat these guys. Because these guys at home are scoring 30 points every time they play at Raymond James. So uh, I would feel confident if I were the Bucks, whoever comes in here. You know, I just mm-hmm. would. Well, you and I were talking before the podcast, and Tom mm-hmm. Brady now has 35 career postseason wins. Gosh. To put that in perspective, if – well, and we know that he's tied with the Cowboys as a franchise for playoff wins. They lost. They're out. If Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl this year, mm-hmm. that'll give him 38 playoff wins. Mm-hmm. He would have more than any franchise in football. <laughs> more playoff wins? More Just playoffs playoff than wins. any. Fr- the New England Patriots have the most at 37. And he had all, all but... All of those, really. Well, a lot. Of, well, I mean, there no, was a, there was a they handful. Had, they had a Super Bowl yeah. run. Yeah, they had a back couple. In they had a couple. Eighty-five and then ninety-six so under. That's true. Yeah, um, with Pete Carroll, they had or uh, no, Barcells. I mean, was the coach then? Yeah. Um, yeah, they had a couple Super Bowl runs. But he posted a few of those yeah. himself. The yeah. Packers and Steelers have thirty-six. The Packers could, get, if Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl, Packers maybe get to thirty-seven to tie Green Bay, but then the Bucks would beat Green Bay. Yeah, Tom Brady himself, if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll have more playoff wins than any franchise. Oh, if he just nuts. makes the Super Bowl, he'll tie for the most. 
That's that's just. I mean, it's incredible. It is literally incredible. Like you, you know, he's only been here for going on almost two years now, and and you just, you just sort of forget. You know what I mean? You forget. Like, yeah, you know, um, they're gonna go. Out and they, yeah, they got a chance to win. Yeah, no, I, I kind of expect them to win. And if they lose, you're like, you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I tell you. Um, when I sent, I sent you another graphic too. We laughed about before the the podcast. Mm-hmm. Career postseason wins versus NFC teams. Aaron Rodgers ten, Tom Brady ten. <laughs> Years spent as starters in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers fourteen, Tom Brady two. <laughs> now six That's of those crazy, were in the Super Bowl man. over NFC teams for Brady. Yeah, but still. But, but I mean, just it's like all the quarterbacks that in the playoffs this year, and there's what fourteen starting quarterbacks. So the other thirteen. I think add up to like 26 playoff wins. And Brady had 34 going into the playoffs. I mean, and think about, okay, the number of playoff games he's played, you know, 40-something playoff game, 41, whatever it is, something like that. I mean, the guy, he's played the equivalent of about three full seasons. So, like, I think he's at 46 go, now. He's at 46 playoff yeah, games. So, it's almost three seasons. Almost three seasons. So, you add three seasons to the 21 he just completed. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy's really 47. You know, not just forty four. He's 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 in in football years. He's forty seven years old um, because of all the playoff games. I mean, that's a real deal, right? Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of football, as he said on this podcast, he goes, oh, a lot of football, a lot of a lot of pressure football. You know, and that's the thing. Like it's the pressure of the you know winner go home type postseason stuff. Just remarkable. Well, I mean, again, I think people we will look back on this as you know. Like a Haley, like it was a comet. Like it just it whirled by so quick. Remember when? And all the other teams were great too, by the way. But remember when they had Tom Brady? Remember when they won a Super Bowl? Um, you know, and he could well get back there again to, again this year. But it's it's going to be tough. I mean, they're going to have to. I feel a lot more confident. And and this is the thing: the Forty ers have done the Bucks a great service because not only did they upset the Rams to give them you know, the number two seed and, and home field for the first two games. Um, but they also knocked off the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and before we get to the Dallas game, because I wanted to talk about that, um, folks, this great event, you guys all know it, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is coming to the downtown streets of St. Petersburg, the Sunshine City. It's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete. It's presented by RP Funding, and it kicks off Florida's spring break season. Uh, with high-speed excitement. You can go visit gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. It's another racing season that starts right here in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So all day, I mean all day, all morning, evening, afternoon, you name it, all day, all the talk in the NFL. I didn't know there were any of the playoff games. All the talk in the NFL, of course, was that San Francisco-Dallas game and the finish with Dak Prescott 
um, needing a touchdown, no timeouts, ball at about the 35, 40-yard line, whatever, um, decides to run a draw play, quarterback draw. And he doesn't get down to like about four seconds left or whatever. They don't hand the ball to the official. The official has to absolutely spot the ball. That's the rule. Everybody knows the rule. Um, the clock runs out on him, and, and the game's over. And then you got Jerry Jones not wanting to speculate on, on Mike McCarthy's future. Um, but, it, you know, a couple of things that I, after I saw this a thousand times on Sunday or on Monday, I got to thinking, all right, yes, it, it's unfortunate. I, I think the clock did run out on him. I'm not sure the officials could have done anything different. If Kyler Murray was going to run that play, he should have gotten down sooner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's almost as if, because it's Dallas, it's almost as if everybody's saying, oh, they got screwed. They would have won that game. Folks, even if they do kill the clock, are, they have one play, okay? They have to throw it in the end zone on one play. Are we so confident that they were going to win that game, really? And what about the 64 plays before that, you know? I mean, there was more mistakes in that game and more penalties by Dallas, and it, they didn't deserve to win the game. And so all the focus comes in, you know, on, well, the official ran into a guy and, and you know, he almost ran Dak over, and if he'd have gotten to the ball sooner, like... Well, you lined up uh, in front of the official. How's he supposed to get to the ball? Exactly <laughs> right. You blocked his way. You handed the ball to your center as if the center is supposed to snap this thing before anybody touches it, which he, which he can't. So... You know, they messed that up. Like most teams say you can't even attempt it unless you have between, you know, 18 is maybe no lower than 16 seconds, um, you know, to, to try to, to do that. But then Murray could have at any point slid down a Prescott. couple seconds earlier Prescott. than that. Or Prescott, I'm sorry, Murray. Uh, Prescott could have slid down at any point uh, before that. And you still are taking a shot at the end zone. You know, I think Mike McCarthy referred to, well, you're closer to a Hail hell Mary. Hell, hell, hell Mary. And I'm thinking, there's no Hail Mary involved from the 30 in, from the 35 in. Like, Tom Brady just threw one from 36 yards the other day. It was a laser. Like, you're not throwing Hail Marys from there, okay? It's one shot in the end zone for a game winner. Maybe you get a P.I. Maybe the guy comes up with a great play. But you're not just tossing it up for grabs. You know, it's not a Hail Mary. And, I look, I mean, I, at the end of the day, the offense coordinator called the play. McCarthy allowed it to go on. They didn't execute it the right way. Time ran out on them. It's but because it's Dallas, my gosh, poor Dallas. And how long has it been since they've been in a playoff games, or they've won a playoff game? A good long while. That's eleven you know? straight playoff trips with not making the conference championship. That's an all-time record. A record. Eleven trips, no conference championship. You're Dallas Cowboys, and I'm sick of them. I'm, I, the funniest thing was Stephen A. laughing about them, but I'm sick of. You know, this this Dallas, like, and I get it. They have the most followers. If you go online, if, you know, the market's big. People are just so cowboy, you know, centric there in, in the state of Texas. But, my goodness. They like, haven't been relevant in a quarter century. No. And just because you have a $45 million quarterback and a $25 million a year running back that does nothing and you've got these three great receivers, I mean, they, you know, they, they wear stars on their helmet. They've never struck me as a team that plays together. You know, they've always struck me as a team of stars, but not necessarily a team of stars that are willing to sacrifice and and do what they have to do to win every week. But look, they had a great year. Um, you know, it's just and and a Cowboy fans got to be terribly disappointed because you know 
they lose at home and it's just you know the way they went down it just wasn't good but here's the thing um, that here's the thing and, and McCarthy talked about it after the game and he said our analytics weighed in everybody was in on it if you're mm-hmm. running that play with 14 seconds to go yeah you've got to be damn sure you're going to get another play like yeah there can't be a question of doubt nope it can't be like I think we can get it in Nope. I mean, your analytics department said absolutely 14 seconds you're getting that in and, and getting mm-hmm. the ball spotted and you're guaranteeing the ref doesn't fall down or whatever else along the way because that's all part of it. Mm. It's all humans along the way. I mean, mistakes can be made, errors. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't even – I mean, 18 to 20 seconds, different story. Yeah. But 14 was – I just I, – I'm trying to figure out there was not one person in that room saying, hey, I don't know. I don't know if we can get here. Yeah. And how far did you want him to run? Like, did you tell him how far to run? Or did you just, yeah, that like, did, did you have he, a clock in his head? Did he go head? too far? Did, you know. I mean, if you slid down if you slid down earlier, right, a couple of seconds or two earlier, might have lost five or seven or eight yards. But, I mean, like, that's all you needed was one or two more seconds. So, I don't know how far he was supposed to run. I don't know how cognizant of the clock he was when he did slide. And certainly nobody handed the ball to the official. I mean, it was just a mess. It was just the Cowboys are a mess and they're a talented mess, but they're a mess, you know? And the one thing that I know, like, again, watching Brady and those guys, they don't panic, man. <laughs> they don't panic. You don't see the, you just don't see the terror in their eyes, you know? Maybe it'll show up on Sunday. I don't know. Although you still, had, game, to question, you still had to question San Francisco. Fourth and inches. Yes. And they're going for yes. it. And they put the, the why lineman you, why in why motion. Are you shifting. Yeah. Yeah, what are who you doesn't get for? set in time? I'm like, what are you doing? Right, it's fourth and inches. Your quarterback sneaking. <laughs> yeah, what do you, you a shift? Do you really think somebody's going? And then Garoppolo says, "Well, it's kind of on me because I I got a little excited. I could have waited until I knew he was set. All right, then do that. You know, like um, why risk it? Why risk down. it? I mean, I don't. Know. Are you changing the play call based on the tight end goes in motion no. and the defense moved? No, you're running the quarterback no. sneak there. You don't need any motion. You need guy, 11 guys to line up and let the quarterback grab the ball off the center and move forward. That's it. No, nobody else matters in that play. So, yeah, it was, I mean, in many ways, you know, Garoppolo had a bad interception. In many ways, they deserve to lose. But um, at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not upset about Dallas getting beat. I can tell you that. Although, careful what you wish for because maybe the Rams are just better, right? And the Rams are going to come in here and we'll see. But. Um, yeah, the Dallas centric media, like the Dallas center. And I know why, cause it's ratings and, you know, if you're on television, it's about ad dollars and all that, and it does very, very well. No question about it. But man, the woe is me in Dallas lately after that. And I, I'm just thinking you guys had 60 something other plays. Like you legitimately screwed up the whole game. All the penalties, you know, you name it. And, and yet that doesn't seem to matter. So. Um, what else we got? How about uh, the officiating in well, the Bengals missed. Raiders game? Oh, I heard those guys aren't. Is Jerome Boger's crew? Those guys aren't going to be working anymore. Yeah, there was. There was. Goodness. I mean, everyone focuses on the the touchdown to Boyd from Burrow. The whistle, non-whistle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, I, I, you know, I go. I mean, by the rule of the the book, it was an inadvertent whistle. The play should have been dead and replayed. However, by the time the whistle was blown, yeah. the ball was almost to the receiver, and it changed nothing in the play. And how the official blew the whistle and thought he was out of bounds, that's more egregious than anything else, unless it truly was just inadvertent. 
Uh, but that that crew had a rough day right. all the way around. That wasn't the only bad call in that game. They had a, they had a rough mm-hmm. they had a rough day before that. That was that was a, and I know the NFL puts crews together for the playoffs of the best of the best you know all year long. But that crew did not work well together at all. I, I thought that was just I mean that play alone is the one getting all the headlines. But there were plenty of plays in that game to ensure that crew did not go on to play to, in the next round. Yeah, no, I think they're done. Uh, the other game, you know, and I wasn't surprised necessarily by who won the game, but I was surprised by the outcome was the Bills-Patriots. I mean, Josh Allen looks for all the world like the next guy, the next dude that's going to go to a couple of Super Bowls, and he may well. Their, the problem with them is their path is through Kansas City, which is the other team that looks strong as hell. And I don't think you want to go to Kansas City and have to win there. So maybe another year before Josh Allen can, can get some home field advantage on his side. Um, but he he is the legit dude. Like he's gonna be in the, he's gonna be in the in the Super Bowl one day. I don't even doubt about that. But kind of a shocking way for Can. You know, there was a time when I thought the Patriots were going to the Super Bowl. I really did. Mm-hmm. They had won six or seven in a row. You know, um, Mac Jones looked great, and I don't know what happened to him. I don't know how they collapsed so much down the stretch. I don't know if it. You know, did he just hit the freshman maybe the wall, or did the team start to figure them out? Um, maybe but, yeah but and the bills are a really good team too let's not let's not oh, take yeah. anything away from them but uh i yeah. what i see that was the first perfect game ever in the playoffs the, Is that right? the bills had no punts no interceptions no fumbles no turnovers other the only the only possession they didn't score a touchdown on was the kneel downs hmm that was yeah, that's that, crazy man that was the first and did you see who was in the stands not in a suite when it's zero degrees outside or five or six, whatever it was, in the stands and at one point shirtless with the fans. Did you see that? Who was at the no. Buffalo Bills game? Fitz Magic. Uh-uh. Oh, I. you know what? I did see a clip of that. He needed Deshaun Jackson's warm-up suit, I think, but, you know. <laughs> it's, it well, he it would have been bare-chested, but, yeah. He would he have kept that open for sure. Yeah, but he was he was in the stands, um, not in the suites, yeah, not, see that, not in the you know the warm suites. He was out with the fans watching the game, loving it. So, of course, he played yeah. in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He's crazy, man. I hope he comes back. I mean, his hip was obviously had surgery. It was a bad deal, um, all the way around for him. That Buffalo weather, man. That's you know, Green Bay's going to have that advantage. I mean, we don't know how cold it's going to get, but I'm still I'm still a big. San Francisco uh, believer, I I still think that somehow um, they have the recipe maybe to go to Green Bay and win by running the football. Debo Samuel's unbelievable talent. I've never seen a guy play two positions the way he can. Um, So we'll see. Shanahan's a good coach. I don't have a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, but could you imagine if somehow um, in the championship game that it it was Garoppolo against against Tom Brady, man. That would be almost too funny. Oh, um, the storylines of that was, of that game. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, because Brady Brady truly did want to go back home and think and play for the 49ers, his hometown team, and become of that legacy, part of that legacy with Montana and Young. And they didn't want him. They said no. And they said no because they, they we're good. We got Jimmy. And no, yeah, we got this mf Yeah, we got this mf That was the mf And now – uh, they got a new guy in Trey Lance because they didn't believe in Jimmy, and Jimmy will be headed out soon. But Jimmy's still the quarterback right now, and 
to see him coming into Tampa and try to win, beat Brady and go to a Super Bowl would be almost too much, uh, too much theater. That's why we love sports. So we'll see how that turns out. So meanwhile, the Lightning, my uh, my youngest was disappointed because she asked me, "Hey, when do they play?" And I said, "Well, as a matter of fact, they you know they play. Uh, they're out west. They're on a West Coast trip now." Yeah, in California, they're in the Kings tonight, and then uh, Friday they're in Anaheim, Saturday San Jose. So the California trip, ten thirty and ten o'clock starts. Ten thirty tonight, ten yeah. o'clock Friday, ten thirty on Saturday. So uh, late night with the Bolts, who uh, having problems on the blue line again. Uh, Eric Chernak still questionable for tonight's game. Now Zach Bogosian mm. out two to three weeks. Another new injury, keeping him wow. out a couple weeks. So. Uh, the right side of the the defense could be pretty thin without Bogosian and if Chernak does not play tonight. So uh, Mikhail Sergachev, who's played some on the right side in his career, was practicing there on Monday on the right mm-hmm. side. So we'll see. But they could be a little thin along the blue line uh, tonight in Los Angeles. Would they bring guys up for that, or how would that work? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, you know, look, this, the left side of their d- defense is where the strong side is. That's Hedman, that's McDonough, that's Sergachev. Right. Maybe the best left side in hockey, quite frankly, on the defensive side. Right. The right side's always where they've had problems with depth. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Chernak is by far the number one. Jan Ruda's there. And then, you know, it's been Bogosian's been, you know, you, you go through, you know, some of the, the other you know, guys, Frederick Clayson and others that they've had um, yeah. that, that play on the right side there. So the right side's always been a weak spot. So when they start to get a, a guy down, particularly when they're two down, if Chernak does not go and Bogosian's out, that's when you, you know, now you're getting deep in your defensive core from, you know, either Syracuse or the taxi squad. So, um, you know, but they, they always, you know, f- tend to find a way and piece it together. You'll see that that person comes in, probably get less minutes. Um, Hedman may take a few more. Sergachev can play the right side, like I said. So, um you know, they always find a way and, and, and you know, figure their way through it. But uh, it does, you know, Bogosian's had a, what, he got hurt the first game of the season, was out, and then he was out again. Now he's out two to three weeks. This is a new injury. It's just he's had a lot of bad luck this year. Yeah, he has. Well, they they got to navigate this trip, and then uh, we'll see if they can get healthy coming home. But yeah. um, After tonight, night, that's the halfway the part of the season. This is game 41 tonight. So when they finish this game, the season is halfway over. That's incredible to me. Incredible, and they got the most points in the NHL despite being without all those players for as long as they have. It's just uh, what a job by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hey, folks, uh, you know, set on the downtown streets of the Sunshine City, St. Petersburg, it's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding. It happens February 25th to the 27th this year. Visit gpstpete.com for all your race information and tickets. It's just a great event. Coming up down there. All right, we'll have more information, more updates on the Bucks and their uh, injury situation, as well as uh, we'll see how the Lightning, you know, fare out on the West Coast. And uh, check out TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times uh, for all your news on the Bucks, the Bolts, the Lightning, you name it. Uh, make sure you check out that for us as well. Appreciate you guys listening. As always, for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.